That's football pod. Booing and the jeering and the anticipation. And then as he strikes it, there's that intake of breath. Because he puts the bloody ball 14 uh, yards beyond. The, the second he hits it, I knew we were under pressure. Like. Subscribe to the football pod on the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM. With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. We're turning our attention now to the retirement of Brian Cody. And I'm delighted to say Cork Dermot O'Sullivan is with us to give us a perspective of what it was like to actually come up against his team. Uh, Dermot, good morning to you. How are you getting on? Morning, Joe. How are you doing? I'm very good. Um, you're, in, you're in good form today. Uh, you know, the, the, the Kerry victory seems to have um, heightened your spirits. She has it. Uh, I, I certainly I'm, I'm enjoying but it has it hasn't mine I, I just put it out there it hasn't for me but obviously it's done something for you uh, I, <laughs> I'm obviously covering it up very well then Dermot I'm actually I'm delighted for Owen and I'm delighted for his, his people but yeah you know um, I'm scared about a new dark age to be honest uh, I'm legitimately scared about a new dark age where carry overlords and they just take it for granted that's that's my concern here that, that's that. That's fine. We leave him play that piece out for a while and see how it goes. You know. Come here. The, 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 we wanted to talk to you about Brian Cody, right? So you were in teams that beat Brian Cody's teams, and you were in teams that were beaten by Brian Cody's teams. Was there something? Absolutely. Was there something consistent when you came up against what what you knew you were going to face when he was in charge? I, I suppose the, the the funny thing about this guy, right, is we're still kind of waiting for this. Um, Famous Wolf of Wall Street clip to appear with Brian Cody in it and his fist clinched and that steely determination in his face. I'm not leaving, you know. Um, I think it, it's still in the back for a mild summer because that dogged determination that we've seen in Brian through years, it's just, you know, it's still all a bit surreal. And it's probably the champ or the, the Dash League kicks off next year. We'll be still scratching. Is there a Tom Brady and this guy in the back of his head somewhere, you know? Um, so we'd be afraid to nearly put full closure on here in Cork just to make sure he is gone. Um, and that's with the greatest respect to the man because, you know, you asked me at the, the outset there, Joe, what did he bring? Like, oh, Brian's teams, you know, I, I mentioned in his own character, characteristic there, that steely determination that, you know, they, they, were, they were constantly going to die with their boots on regardless of where the result was heading. Um, and from his first team to his last team in the All-Ireland final um, a week and a half, two weeks ago, you know, I think that that resonated throughout his his tenure of of a big manager, Kilkenny. Um, I, I, you guys were probably the first proper rival of his era in in many respects. You won the All Ireland final in '99, and so I guess that gave you a great sense of confidence when you were going up against them that uh, that you could win those games, really, because there were there were definitely some counties who felt like, oh, this is Kilkenny and this is Cody and this is Shefflin. And not that they were beaten before they went out, but certainly when the game was in the melting pot, they didn't have what it took. But for your team in particular, the introduction in 99 of a bunch of under-21s who went on to be like all-time greats, uh, it must have been a strange kind of, for you guys to watch just how powerful the Cody era became and how long it lasted. Yeah. And not only that, it was extremely difficult to take. Um you know, from a from a Cork perspective, to look at the way they dominated, you know, once once they defeated us in two thousand and six, once they dominated that next period, um, until Tipperary came along and challenged them there for a while. But go go back to ninety nine, um, you know, again we were young, we were fearless, we didn't know what was ahead of us, you know, in all in a final, you know, 
it was new, so it, it didn't trouble us. But so we could always go out and it was a free shot. We, you know, we'd been successful under 21. Um, Brian was only just stepping into the role there anyway, so he hadn't really created the monster just yet. So we knew there was a, a real good opportunity for us. I suppose what, what really sticks out for me that year and, and, and something that kind of sticks out since, um, Cork played Kilkenny in a challenge game that year down in Kilkenny of an opening of a field. I can't exactly put my put my finger on where we played them guys, but um, you know, we were really young, went down there. We got an incredible trimming, 15, 16, 17 points beaten out the gate by, uh, by a very strong Kilkenny team and um, subsequently turned them over in the All-Ireland final. And only once to date, have Cork and Kilkenny played a, champ- a challenge game mid-season <laughs> following that. Right. Um, and that was um, that was a fundraiser for Jamie Wall a number of years ago in Parky Ring. Brian Cody has refused since that date to play Cork in a challenge game at any stage throughout the season. So, you know, we, we'd set her all, we, we'd, we'd our own little moral victory there that, that Brian would not play Cork in a, in a challenge game throughout the season. So it, it, it was just an interesting one and an interesting take from our perspective, you know. Um, so we had kind of put the we had kind of put the Indian sign over him. He wasn't going to take a chance again. We'd gone to Kilkenny with a young team. They'd beaten the the life out of us. We turned up in all our final. They lashing out the heavens, and we we end up turning him over by a couple of points. You know, um, how how did you face a Brian uh, a Brian Cody Kilkenny team? Um, it, it's with the greatest respect to all the guys we played against. It was like meeting the bully boy in school. If um, if you if you lay down to the buddy boy in school, he keep hit keep keep chipping away and chipping away and chipping away at you. But you know if you're willing to stand up, put your shoulders back, and, and take what pain was coming your way and and work your way through it, um, you know you always had a chance against Kilkenny. You had to face him. You had, you had to eyeball him. You had to look him straight in the eyes. Grant, you might be you know in your head you might be stronger, you might be fitter, you might be quicker, you might be a better hurler. But us Cork guys, we 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 give everything, and I think. You know that that's where the rivalry really started. You, you don't ever get the sense that Jimmy that Brian Cody ever forgot easily. Then just with that um, anecdote you tell about the challenge matches there, that he had a great way of using a grudge or creating a grudge in his head almost for the betterment of his team. Oh, absolutely! I think Brian, you know, not that he, not not that his and his team needed too many too many motivated factors, but. You know, he always had something small, no doubt, in the back of his mind to, um, you know, to, to instill that extra bit of determination uh, in his team as, as they were getting ready for combat, you know. That period, maybe we, we kind of need to go back and, and revisit a bit more because the the, uh, the 99 All-Ireland Final, um, if people are unfamiliar, it's, it finishes 13-12 is, is the final score in the end. But your team is really young and that's the bedrock of the team that goes on to be the, the Cork team for the next kind of eight, nine, ten years even. The yep. Kilkenny team there has Shefflin and McGarry, but all the rest of them are kind of coming towards the end of their career. So basically he over the next well actually they win the All Ireland the next year. Not to we yep. shouldn't we shouldn't ignore that after awfully stopped you in the semis. But Correct. that team changes dramatically then around oh two, oh three, oh four and they go toe to toe with you guys who do back to backs and then they stop your three in a row. So it's a real, like, if you were to take kind of from 97, 98 when, and 99 when you guys come in to the their end, to the, them doing the, the three in a row, that's a period of very intense rivalry between you two. Yeah, it was a very, very intense period. But, you know, 
it's while rivalry is great, Jar, um, there was always the ultimate respect between between um, both squads, you know, because they knew what we were putting into it. Um, we were fully aware what they were putting into it, and I, I don't think it ever crossed the line where it, uh, you know, where it got really nasty or cynical throughout the games. It was just both sets of both sets of teams go go man for man. When when hurling was slightly different back then, you know, wasn't. You know, wasn't uh, as tactical uh, as it is now. So it allowed guys to go toe to toe under the one we one v one battles out in the field. And I think, you know, it that in itself um, allowed for for huge, huge contests and huge battles throughout that throughout that period uh, of the mid two thousands. There, it was all a bit spicier too because um, you guys were believing and uh, kind of helping to drive forward the momentum of the GPA. Kilkenny were a little bit more reluctant to get involved. Cody seemed to be somewhere, but never quite publicly in the ether when it came to that. Did that add a bit of spice? Because there's definitely stories from All-Stars uh, trips where there was, um, uh, I wouldn't say hatred, but certainly less collegiality than you might expect when everybody's getting pissed. Yeah, absolutely. And I I suppose that's that that's the problem with drinking. You know, Jared, they'll always bring out, uh, bring out something. They say uh, that, you know, the truth always comes out with a few points. Um, whether you know we can take that with a pinch of salt, but yeah, there, look, there's no doubt there was debated conversations along the way somewhere. But I think um, you know everyone always shook hands at the end of it and you know respected each other's decisions and opinions and and kind of moved on. You know, was it enjoyable having them as rivals, or was it kind of sickening at the end where they come out on top? As a Cartman, it was hard to take. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we'd, we'd stop them to three in a row. We were starting to build our own thing. Um, you know, 2006, we felt, um, you know, we felt we'd gone up there with the right opportunity, but we had to guard against, you know, what we'd done to them previously. And unfortunately, um, you know, they came out, the grass was the grass was long in, long in Crow Park. They, they stopped the running game. They flooded bodies back. So it was probably, you know, oh, Kilkenny don't do tactics, but yet we, you know, we work like dogs. We get a few bodies back. However, they managed to get the grass long and keep the grass long. Crow Park all on a final day, but you know that's a, that's another that that's for that's for another day. But so yeah, look, it was it was disappointing, you know. But um, it was just the experience they gained throughout the, the number of seasons previous watching us and engaging with us, you know. And you would have obviously kind of um, seen up close as well in in his latter years as a selector. The Brian Cody at the end of his managerial career. So, yeah. what's your take on the, the arc of Cody and 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 the, the changes that he allowed himself to make over the course of his career? I think Brian is an extremely interesting character, and I think the Hurling fraternity can be very grateful for what Brian has not only brought to Kenny but brought to the game of hurling. And you know, over nearly a quarter of a century, um, you know, to be so dominant and you know, so, so well respected throughout the game. Um, you know, his legacy will go on for a long, long time. But I remember back in 2001, I suppose it's something that that just, again, it just resonates with me and where Brian Cody was and in his mindset in relation to winning and determination. We were we were down in Buenos Aires in an all-star trip. Um, yeah, I think it was 2001. And obviously... The, the all-star game was 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 taking place was it could have been the Sunday so um back then boys being boys we were out on the Saturday having a few beers um crack was mighty as you can imagine um 
way in a foreign land. Um, great time going on. Kind of the match was the match to the back of our, back of our mind. So Sunday morning came one way or another anyway. Sunday afternoon came just 25, 26 degrees down when as is. As you can imagine, a couple of Irish lads half sunburned, half hung over. Um, ball was thrown in anyway, 1919 versus 2000 team. Um, it was on Damien Hayes from Galway. I know... He wasn't the ideal fella, lads, I can assure you to be marking um, with the sun splitting the stones and a, and a few beers uh, running down the forage, you know. It, it wasn't really the ideal place for me to be, um, not a mind anyone else. So he was giving me a bit of a run around. And I'll never forget Brian Cody called me at half time. And I'm not sure why he said it to me, right? He said, can I ask you something? He said, he said, why are you leaving? Why are you leaving his? He said, run around the field. He said, and dominate you like that. And I, I was kind of finding it hard to fucking, finding it hard to breathe, not a mind taking what he was saying to me. He said, take no, he said, fast forward the clock, he said, to the middle of the summer, he said. Cork playing Galway, he said, are you going to leave Damien Hayes running around to feel like that? He said, are you actually going to do something about it? You know? And I was thinking to myself, she's here I am, I'm half over, we're down in Argentina playing a, playing a, playing a game. Um, and that really resonated with me, with Brian and his mentality throughout, you know, any time across the, either on the field or on the sideline that, you know, this guy is a genuine, genuine hurling person. And I suppose as time went on, Brian evolved and he evolved and he created team after team after team. And again, he can walk away with his head held extremely high, not that he needs a pat on the back from a cartman to tell him he can walk away from his, walk away from his job with his held head high. Even, even up to, uh, up to last Sunday week again, he walked away and he left, an incredibly imposing opposition behind him for any manager coming through. But Brian on the line, you always knew he would give, like, and obviously resonated with these players that he would give you everything. Off the field, he would give you everything and he would fight for fight for every last ball for his squad while, while, the, while the 70, 75 minutes of the game was going on. That's mad. He couldn't help himself from helping you even though at some yeah. stage you might be, you might be chasing... One of his forwards around, maybe a Richie Hogan or somebody going, Oh, I shouldn't have told him about that Damien Hayes thing. Absolutely. I shouldn't have given him the inspiration, I, but he needed I don't think I don't think it ever troubled him after it. So I said, Ah, sure, it didn't really matter. I, <laughs> I don't think I really troubled him. Um but yeah, I was mad. Absolute mad. But you know what? It was it, it just always stood in my it stood in the back of my head. You know you that know? that point about them not doing tactics was it was it was it was nonsense, right? Because we we know that um, we know that there was a forward line there who would change around depending on who was going well and who wasn't going well, and, and like all sorts of other things were happening. They just didn't call it tactics at the time, but even though it absolutely was. Uh, so what were they like to play against as a as a forward unit? Because so Shefflin plays in in um, that final in, in ninety nine. I think it's his second or third season at that stage. And I'd say it's only his first. Is it? It first. So I think it's on his, first. It was on his first journey. Yeah, on course, his first. Of course, you're right. Because otherwise he would have yeah. won. Otherwise he would have won the eleven. It's a fair, yeah. a fair point. Um, so you guys, you 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 witnessed that career evolve and develop. Um, I think you probably would have been marking him that day, would you? I was marking him for a while. Yeah, himself and himself and DJ. Yeah, they were they were kind of swapping again. Even go back to that early point. Um, you know, there there was a little bit of movement. Um, you know, if. Uh, if you were being kind of starved the ball in your own position, they kind of had that license to rotate between the marquee players. Um, John Power was another one of them, so they they had the they had the the authority to to make them little switches that appeared throughout games and definitely through the two thousands as it as it further developed. Um, you know, Shefflin, Larkin, 
Brennan, all these guys had had the autonomy and the authority to to find put themselves in positions where they were going to be dangerous if they were starving the ball. Yeah, and that that I think is is really interesting for a manager who obviously is supposed to be this I rule with an iron fist and completely ruthless, but actually he gives the players the freedom to make decisions to play. Essentially, now it's heads up hurling, but then it was like play what you see. If you need to make the changes, you make the changes. Don't be waiting for us to tell you exactly what to do. Yeah, and what that show it showed Brian always had faith and trust in his players and his big players to make the right decisions, you know. Um, and ha- to have that support from a manager gives a gives a player fierce confidence. Yeah, look, I I do think that that rivalry, when it comes to be uh, excavated again, is going to go down as one of the great rivalries because your team in, in 99 and the team that finishes the final in, in 06 isn't massively different, but there's a complete turnaround in the Kilkenny team uh, between those two periods. So I, that, again, is the other sign of a great manager. It's like you come in, you, you see, OK, I can win all Ireland with this group, but actually I need to get these other younger players through and that's the evolution of it. And I suppose that's the bit where the comparison to Ferguson is that it's most appropriate. Oh, absolutely. To, um, you know, to be able to identify further ahead. Okay, I'm going to need a cornerback in 12 months' time. I'm going to need two forwards in two years' time. But it was it was how he strategically did it over that period of time. He'd bring a guy in for a championship game for five minutes, bring a guy in for 15 minutes, 20 minutes, and build him up over a prolonged period of time that when, his, when he'd earned his right then to start in his Kilkenny team, He'd he'd his um you know he'd his apprenticeship served he'd his time done and now here you go this is now is your opportunity um if you want to take it take it if not I will have some other guy to come into the breach uh, and take it on from you. Dermot, great stuff this morning. Thanks a million for joining us. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Have a good day. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. 